Welcome to the Buffalo Duck Homes Podcast, Episode 17, Intro to Hard Money. This podcast is all about BDH updates, what's happening, where's the progress, and more importantly, what are we learning? For more info, check out our website, buffaloduckhomes.com. Here we go. Episode 17, Intro to Hard Money. Well, although a lot happened since my last episode, I'm not quite sure much was accomplished. That may be the way of things in the short term. Sometimes a lot of pre-work has to go into actuating the goals. Part of the next steps towards making the next deal happen is finding hard money loans. Although Stephanie and I have experience, some experience, in buying rental homes and doing light renovations, we don't have any experience in working with hard money loans. Luckily for us, this is the kind of job where on-the-job self-training is free and expected, while low-cost educational resources are also plentiful. If I'm willing to make mistakes while moving forward, there's no excuse not to get better. So what's a hard money loan? A hard money loan is a short-term financing designed for people aiming to fix and flip their property or fix and rent, aka buy and hold or burr. Usually it occupies a space on the far end of home or rental financing, far away from an FHA loan. The interest rates are usually much higher than a conventional loan or even private money lending. And it's designed to be something you refinance out of in 6 to 12 months. In my case, and with my current credit score, we're talking somewhere in the neighborhood of 7 to 9% APR. The rate is necessarily higher because we're a bigger risk for the lender. It's not an unsecured loan like a bank's signature loan or a credit card. Instead, it's secured by the home. But since the purpose of the loan is to rehab a house there is a chance the lender will be left with a badly damaged home and an unfinished renovation. And when a lender experiences more risk, they rightly charge more in interest. All that said, it's not where you generally want to go for financing unless you're able to find a great deal and make the numbers work. One of the things I'm learning is that making less money per deal is much better than imagining I'm making much more money on deals that don't actually happen. It's important to consistently be moving forward, especially while I have this year off. This is a deep blessing and one I don't want to waste. It's definitely possible to do a business like this on the side while also full-time employed at a W-2 job, but it's much harder to make all those phone calls to realtors, lenders, property managers, and contractors during normal business hours. We got some great news. In talking with some hard money lenders last week, I found out that we were looking too small and too rural. Steph and I were planning on purchasing for less than 50,000 K and being all in for around 75 to 90 K on a home with an after repair value or ARV of 125 to 130. In this market, that's hard to do, but not impossible. But what we found is that most hard money lenders want the purchase price of the home to be much closer to 100 K, if not above with an ARV of 150 or more. As long as we have some limited experience, going bigger and more expensive is not really a problem for the lender. In fact, it's better for them. They're going to do the same amount of work for closing either way, and they make more money on the larger loans. Now again, this necessitates me finding a good deal. A good deal is one where I can be all in for less than 75% of the ARV. And when I do this, I'm making money for both my family and the lender while also adding value to the neighborhood where the distressed property is. 
How would you feel if there was a vacant, ugly home next door and someone bought it and made it look clean and inviting? Even the grumpiest old man would have to admit that it's nice when his own property value increases without any work on his own part. It's time for another mini theological point. One of the most quoted verses in the Bible about borrowing money has to be Proverbs 27. The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. That was the AMPC version. Some Proverbs are generally true, but not true for all times and all people. Take, for instance, this proverb. Good planning and hard work lead to prosperity, but hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. That's Proverbs 21.5 from the New Living Translation. While generally true, it's not hard to think of a time in my own life where a shortcut wasn't so bad or where my hard work just didn't pay off like it should have. Nevertheless, the Word of God is still true, even when my own experience doesn't line up like it should. As Christians, we believe that in the end, God will make all things right through Jesus Christ. Full and complete justice will be administered with perfection, and every word of Scripture will be proven true. Let's go back to that first verse about borrowing and compare it to the parable of the talents in Matthew 25. In this case, the master lent three servants differing amounts of money and expected to receive interest on this loan. Although the servants didn't ask to borrow the money, it was nevertheless lent. It was not theirs to do with as they pleased. The money had a specific purpose. Here, Jesus doesn't seem to be saying that borrowing money is bad, but rather that the master has a right to expect a return on his investment. And which of the servants was praised? The one who managed the loan well and returned the profits to his master, whereas the servant who gave back the original sum, pretending he hadn't received a loan with a purpose, was harshly scolded. So what's the point? I don't think there are many Christians out there right now that believe all debt is sinful and should be completely off limits. But I do think that we neglect to realize there is such a thing as good debt. Bad debt is obvious. Loans that are taken out so I can drive a nicer car and fill my home with shiny new things. None of the servants in Jesus' parable were that dumb. None of them used the money on their own selfish pleasures. Wow, what would Jesus have quoted the master saying to a fourth servant who did that? I can't even imagine. Good debt is a loan that pays for itself. It earns money for both the lender and the borrower. For instance, borrowing to buy a food truck and start a business that will provide for your family. Borrowing to add an addition to your store so you can sell more widgets and hire more employees. Borrowing to buy another candy making machine. And of course, borrowing to buy and fix up a home to rent out or sell. In each of these examples, and there are thousands more just like them, the borrower stands to earn more while also paying back the loan with interest and providing the service to the community. The borrower wins, the lender wins, and the community wins. Notice, this doesn't negate the truth of Proverbs 27. The borrower is servant to the lender, and that's the way it should be. The lender deserves this service and has every right to expect it. So let's bring it all home. As I get deeper and deeper into this, I will be the borrower in many circumstances. I believe this is good and right and will enable me to better fulfill God's calling. 
I want to reflect the great Redeemer by redeeming old, ugly homes, just as Christ redeemed the ugly in my life, all the while providing for me and my family, serving those who invest in me, and benefiting the community around me. And along the way, I hope to show that redemption to others, uh, to show that redemption to others in a way that points back to Christ. These podcasts pair with blog posts from our websites, buffaloduckhomes.com. There you can find full text transcripts and links to important topics, as well as leave comments about the episodes. I'll leave you with these words from Psalm 20. May the Lord grant your heart's desires and make all your plans succeed. May we shout for joy when we hear of your victory and raise a victory banner in the name of our God. May the Lord answer all your prayers. Thanks for listening.